You're listening to a Sunday morning message by Authentic Church. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm here in a slightly different context to what I normally come. So um, I'm really excited because you have chosen Samaritan's Purse Operation Christmas Child um, to support this incredible ministry this year. And so I'm come to share a little bit more about what it is that we do, how we started, um, and why God is really into what we're doing. So we're going to begin with a little bit of history. I'm not sure how much you know about Samaritan's Purse, so I thought I'd best start a little bit at the beginning. Um, and Samaritan's Purse was founded by um, Bob Pierce, who also founded World Vision. And I know some of you have children sponsored through World Vision. And Bob um, left World Vision and wanted to do something else. And he had a real hunger um, for God. And so he prayed a prayer um, where he asked God to break his heart for what broke God's. And the story of the Good Samaritan came through and Samaritan's Purse was founded. And so initially it was a disaster relief organization, which it still is today. That's one of the main purposes of Samaritan's Purse. And Bob was working in various countries around the world um, and brought Franklin Graham on board as Billy Graham was very good friends with Bob. And I think Billy must have said, could he take Franklin under his wing a bit? Because if you've ever read Franklin's book, um, I think it's Rebel Without a Cause, you'll see that Franklin was not always the good boy that he is today. And so Bob took him under his wing and took him around and showed him what was breaking God's heart. And so Franklin um, eventually became chairman of Samaritan's Purse and Bob Pierce um, died, I can't exactly remember which year, but um, yeah. Um, And then over time, Franklin actually met a young man called David Cook. And in about 1990, David Cook had been watching a BBC documentary on the Romanian orphanages um, and everything that was taking place in the orphanages and really just felt that he needed to, to do something. And so he is in, uh, started in Wrexham where he was living. Uh, Wrexham is also well known for another little football club that certain celebrities have taken over. Um, but yes, so Samaritan's Purse and Operation Christmas Child then joined forces in 1993. And it was kind of like, I think, a match made in heaven because I don't think anybody could have foreseen what God was going to do as these two um, organizations came together. And then Billy Graham said, actually, hang on, there's an incredible opportunity here. And so in 1998, they began the greatest journey in Ecuador, which is a 12-week discipleship course for children. So children who receive the shoeboxes have this opportunity to hear a gospel message and then get invited with their parents' permission to come onto the greatest journey and hear and learn all about Jesus. So there ends the history lesson. Right, so if you could get move to our next slide. And so the scripture I'm going to look at um, is Matthew 13, 31 to 32. It is a very well-known parable um, in the Bible. Uh, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it's grown, it's larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air make nests in its branches. So, 
for those of you who know me, I kind of love delving into some um, research when I read different um, scriptures in the Bible, particularly those who are to do with anything to do with creation. It's really lovely to be able to delve in and go and do a little bit of um, seeing what these different things are. And so I've got a few mustard facts and stories I wanted to share with you this morning. Um, so did you know that the word mustard comes from the Latin mustum ardens, meaning burning must, given how fiery mustard can be? And it was because the Romans would take mustard seed and grind it into a powder, and then they would add grape must, and this was part of their dining experience. So I'm sure um, it might have not been the mustard we kind of know today, but it was a, a mustard of sorts. And of course, we see mustard in various dishes. We know the UK's favorite um, dish is curry. So there's a lot of mustard seed and mustards in curry. Also know mustard seeds are used in pickling spice, particularly for vegetables. And when our daughter used to go to cheerleading every Wednesday, we would have hot dog Wednesday. And so my husband, Jonathan, would love to stick a little bit of mellow milder mustard on his hot dog, although he does like a little bit of English as well. <laughs> but a really interesting story that I came across was that of the Persian king Darius, who was said to have given Alexander the Great a sack of sesame seeds to show him how great his army and how many men were available to him. And Alexander the Great responded back to King Darius by giving him a sack of mustard seeds to also show not just how great and vast his army there was, but how fiery they were as well. But of course, when we look at this scripture, um, we know that a lot of people will look at it and go, well, hang on a second. The mustard seed is not the smallest seed in the world. And that is true. But we have to think of the context and the history of where Jesus was when he was sharing these stories. Because he would often share in ways that would reach his audience. And so he would have different people, could be agricultural workers, fishermen. And so he would use stories that they would be able to understand. And so the story of the mustard seed is one of those. Because at that particular time, this, the mustard seed would have been the smaller seed that his audience would have been aware of. Does anybody actually know what the smallest seed is? in the world. You know, but you're not going to say Is in actual fact the orchid. The orchid actually has the smallest seed in the world. And mustard plants can um, have, they will produce around anywhere between, this is thanks to Google, mm -hmm. 2,000 to 3,500 seeds per plant. But an orchid pod can actually produce around a million seeds in a pod. But I think at the time when Jesus was sharing this parable with his audience, I think if he'd gone, well, the kingdom of heaven is like an orchid seed, I don't think they would have quite understood what he was saying because they would not have known pretty much what an orchid was. So last week I was um, sharing a similar message and I asked the children to guess how many mustard seeds there were in a jar of mustard seeds. So this is good old... Uh, supermarket yellow mustard seeds any ideas on how many seeds anybody may think are in this jar a thousand ten thousand well <laughs> 
to be honest, I have no idea. <laughs> I thought, I'm going to work out how many C's are in this jar. So I took, and I thought, I'm never going to count them all. I mean, they, they are really small. So I thought, I'll take a teaspoon and um, put some in a teaspoon. And then, you know, maybe, but once you put a teaspoon in, there are still a lot of mustard seeds. So I thought, half a teaspoon, took my little measuring spoon, half a teaspoon, there's still a lot of mustard seeds. I was like, nah. I don't have time for this. And Google was no help at all. So yes, but I imagine that if each plant is producing between two, three and a half thousand seeds and the kingdom of heaven is like these mustard seeds and then those seeds go on to produce again another two and a half to three thousand seeds each. Just how incredible is the kingdom of God? But of course, Jesus doesn't just stop at the mustard seed. He talks about the birds coming in to nest in the branches. And this is really interesting because when you kind of um, look and research that part of the parable, there's some really different views. So I'm going to share with you what I think my take, what my take on what Jesus is saying about the birds nesting in the branches. I believe that Jesus is saying to his Jewish audience, who all believed that the kingdom of heaven was for them, that the birds of the air who were going to come and nest in the branches were, were us. It was the Gentiles. That it were actually going to be for everyone. That the kingdom of heaven was for everyone. And the birds of the branches didn't just come and sit in the tree and perch in the tree. They made nests, which means they made their homes. They had families and multiplied themselves in the kingdom of heaven. And so I think my take on that part of the parable is that really the kingdom of heaven is for everyone. And it's a bit like that with um, shoeboxes. So when we look at shoeboxes, we see and think of each shoebox like a mustard seed. Because not only is it blessing the child that is receiving the shoebox, we know and hear stories of their families who go on to be blessed. And from the children who are learning about the gospel of Jesus through a shoebox, they're going back and sharing that with their families and their families are coming to faith through shoeboxes. Because everyone is invited into the kingdom of heaven. So I'm going to share a um, video with you. This is hot off the press, brand new, came out this week. Um, and it uh, just shows a little bit about what shoeboxes do and bless. And this is um, shot in Namibia. So just a small glimpse into just one of the many, many countries that um, Operation Christmas Child goes into. And so a few facts and figures based on last year's um, shoebox numbers for the 2021 campaign um, it's just so important to see that we are all part of such an incredible global family. As the body of Christ, every single one of us is part of these children's journeys. And so whether you pack a full shoebox or whether you just contribute a pencil or something so small as a mustard seed into a shoebox, it makes an incredible difference to a child. So in 2021, Samaritan's Person Operation Christmas Child collected 10.5 million shoeboxes um, from 11 different nations. In the UK, during COVID times, another year, we were just so blessed to be able to collect 277,000 shoeboxes from across the UK at times when churches were still closed or just reopening their doors. And so we're just thankful to God 
for what he was able to do. And we got to send those to eight countries across Eastern Europe, Africa, uh, Central Asia, and a container that went to the Middle East. Over 100 countries receive shoeboxes every year. And to date, since 1990, 198 million shoeboxes have been distributed, and it's never enough. UNICEF estimates that there are about a billion children in some form of poverty. And that could be lack of education, no access to education, to healthcare, to hygiene, to many different things. And those are the children that we want our shoeboxes to reach so that they know that they are loved. And since um, Operation Christmas Child started, over a thousand churches have been planted in part due to Operation Christmas Child. In actual fact, in Namibia a few years ago, one of the pastor was really determined to take the gospel to the ends of the earth and went to the Himba tribe who lived in the desert. And there he took shoeboxes to their children. And the Himba tribe have no written language. And with the seed company, they are now translating the Bible um, into a, I think it's like an MP4 player format so that they can hear the gospel. And the Himba tribe then asked through the shoeboxes for a church to be built. And so Samaritan's Purse provided the funding for them to build a church to what they wanted. This was not a church like we have in this building today. It, do, it doesn't necessarily have brick walls and the roofs that we have, but for the Himba tribe um, to be a church that they wanted to, to be able to go into. And that's just, for me, incredible. And um, so that's just a small little window but shoeboxes goes beyond just sharing um, and being blessing to other children. So I have another video um, for you, which is one on the response of Samaritan's Purse in the Ukraine. And so we're going to watch that now as well, and I'll share a bit more. So as we know, I think we're all very much aware of the Ukraine war that started in February, at the end of February this year. No one knew that I think it would still be continuing today and that it is forever changing circumstances. Every week is different for the Ukrainian people. Uh, in actual fact, um, we had a team of pastors out in the Ukraine literally the week before the Russians decided to um, start sending missiles and bombing again into even the nation's capital, Kiev. And... Um, one of the things that I wanted to share was we were able to respond as an organization and as a body of Christ because when we talk about we and us, anyone who has ever packed a pencil or packed a shoebox is part of this response because we work with the local church. And so as we were able to go into the Ukraine, we were able to contact our Operation Christmas Child churches to be able to set up response units, clean water. In actual fact, this week, we've just packed 100 generators and hygiene, more hygiene kits onto a lorry, which are now heading over to the Ukraine um, as we speak, as Russia continued to look to take out the infrastructure of the country as they're coming into winter. So as you pack your shoebox, um, your shoebox could either go to the Ukraine or it could go to another Eastern European country. We have many church partners there who are working with Ukrainian refugees and, of course, still with their own children and their own needs within their own countries. 
And so all of us are part of this incredible journey and what we're doing and how the organisation is responding. So, yeah, if I can encourage you as you pack your boxes this year um, to pray over your box. God knows the child that that box is going to go to. Um, put in a letter and a photograph time and time and time again we hear stories from children that that is their favorite item and every year I'm always I always think we need to put in a photograph um, I met a beautiful young girl from the Ukraine who is staying here in the UK her name is Ina she's in her early 20s she received a shoebox when she was six years old uh, at the time, her father was actually working for the Bible Society in the Ukraine. They couldn't afford many items. They couldn't afford much. So she was so excited when she got her shoebox at church and she had um, colouring in pens in there. And that was one of her highlights, one of her big wow items that she loved. And so was the letter that she got from the young girl who packed her shoebox. And she actually says it was because of that letter that she speaks English today because she was determined to learn English so that she could write back to the young girl who had sent her the shoebox. Her family and church then became involved in Operation Christmas Child and actually would then distribute shoeboxes to other children as she came up and grew up in her faith. And so she has seen shoeboxes go to children in need. I asked her and said, well, you know, how do you know which children to give shoeboxes to? And she said they get lists from the local schools who know their children who are in need. And so they will then invite those children to the church to a big party and they'll receive their shoeboxes and be invited onto the greatest journey. She remembers the day that the war started and she remembers her boss calling her at her work saying, you need to come and stay with me. I don't want you living on your own. She wasn't living with her parents at the time. And then getting a call from her youth pastor who she was doing a lot of ministry things with saying, I'm going to take you to the border now. You've got five minutes to pack your bag. And she literally packed her entire life into a suitcase and a backpack. And it took them five days to travel to the border, sorry, <laughs> without food. They had people jumping on their car. And it must have been incredibly frightening. And she got into Poland and God was incredible. He had actually moved her dad and her brother two days before the war started to Poland for work. And so they were already there. And so she has four brothers. And so the whole family stayed in the tiny little apartment to work out what to do next. When she got an email, because Operation Christmas Child and Samaritan's Purse were sponsoring and looking for sponsors in the UK and Canada to support our churches who are in the Ukraine. And so she's now in London um, and her dream is to see an English Christmas. And so she's so super excited and that out of even this conflict has come just something so incredibly good. But to finish today, I'm gonna to show you how God continues to answer prayers through shoeboxes to so, so many. Um, we're gonna watch this little video clip which is just really short. It was taken by a colleague of mine um, when she went to Zambia a few years ago to see shoeboxes being distributed. And the distribution took place in one of the little local churches. And there was lots of noise, as there always is when the kids open their boxes. But Tracy couldn't help but notice his mum, who was the one yelling and screaming and so excited. 
And then notice, you'll see in the video, that her little girl is actually strapped in front of her. And how this little girl slept through the noise, I, I don't know. But she was um, sleeping um, while her mom was bouncing up and down for joy. So we're going to have a look at that quickly. <laughs> So once all the children had opened up their shoebox gifts, the children went outside um, to go and play with some of their toys when Tracy noticed that the little girl was actually awake and she had the little elf. And you see the little elf has um, bells on its feet and there was a bell on the hat and they actually had noticed there were quite a few items in that shoebox that were what we call noisy items. Now, I think as a parent of a two to three-year-old receiving a shoebox with items that are going to make a lot of noise, I'm not so sure I'd be jumping up and down quite like she is. But if you could go over to the photograph. This little girl was blind. And so she could connect with every item that was in her box. And so this is just a reminder that God knows every child that that box is going to go to. And that he answers prayers that we don't even know are being prayed. So this year, pray over your box. And just know that you are part of something that is so big that we just have no idea. That we all get to be a part of this because we're the body of Christ. And uh, how many other children will come to know Jesus because of what you're doing. So thank you. Thank you so much for choosing us and taking part this year and packing your shoebox.